So, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. Marcus Farrow is here. Um, so, Marcus. No, I'm not. <laughs> we're going to be taking phone calls uh, at 508-996-0500. Uh, welcome to South Coast tonight. Hey, Chris. Can you hear me okay? I can, Tom. He's back. I'm glad you called back. I was enjoying yeah. that conversation. We just had, yeah. a, we had a guest, you know, with, with a break. Yeah, I listened to that, too. Uh, I, I was going to revert back to the local stuff, particularly sure. uh, when, the, when the mayor was on. And you guys can clarify this for me because I, I don't know the answer to that. But from what I understood, when the city had to go out and borrow $129 million, which is a tough uh, thing for the city council to, to you know, vote on. But once they, they, you know, they understood that if they didn't, you know, the city would be fined tremendously. I think they were saying like $58,000 a day or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a voluntary situation. They had to do it. Yeah, so they, they voted for it. But from what I heard, there was a delay in the mechanism. The mayor was explaining because of that delay, they weren't going to be able to participate in a state program that helps pay the interest and the principal on that borrowing. And what, what I was trying to find out was who delayed it. You know, because a city council delays that if they knew in advance that if they delayed it, they'd lose that avenue of, of financing. That's going to turn into $10, $15 million uh, for relief for the, for the local taxpayer. So who delayed it when they referred it back to committee when they shouldn't have? And and do you know who those people are? Let's name some names there and get them on, you know? So I can tell you that I I do not feel comfortable naming because I don't know. I don't know. And I don't have the minutes in front of me. Um, uh, so I, I think it would be irresponsible. On my end, Marcus may know. I don't I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but um, who, who delayed the loan order, the original loan order, right? Don't know. I don't know enough to say it, right? But obviously... It was enough of the city councilors, you know, to to move it, and you can you can guess the usual suspects, I would think, but I I, I just couldn't answer that affirmatively, one way or the other. I wouldn't want to yeah. do that. And and the other the other question regarding that is, did they know about the principal and interest uh, program, uh, and were they informed about it? I, I gotta believe they were. You know, I mean that, that's big money. Yes. And uh, and the election's only a year away when you think about it. And. Uh, so I think some folks got some explaining to do. <laughs> so I would say to you, Tom, that one of the things that let's let's be honest, for a long time, there's been almost a media blackout on the city council. They've been able to to uh, and that's not good. It's not good for their performance. Um, it's not good for the public's knowledge base. Right. The Standard Times is not what it used to be. And uh, they do their best um, is. You know, we've been shorthanded over here for a while. And with a pandemic, you didn't have the live coverage, right? It was on, it was right. it was covered by television. And right. you lost a lot of that. I would say that, as you know, Tom, you're, you're a city councilor. There's a lot of information that's conveyed in the hallways. There's a lot of things that you need to hear face-to-face, -face, right? That, that there's not the same in memos and it's not the same in phone calls that, the sense of urgency, right? And a lot of that was lost through the pandemic because you didn't have people face to face. Right. So um, it's not an excuse. It's just an understanding, I would say. Uh, yeah, and, and so now we're getting back, right? Thing. We're getting yeah. back to to the old ways of doing things, which were the better ways. I think so in terms of information to the public. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, when Ian comes on and he explains what's been going on, as a city council president, that's been very informative and, and yeah. he's very good at that. 
and, and then, you know, you have people that may oppose some of the policies of the mayor, but that hasn't been highlighted in, in the last couple of years. Uh, and those that support and why, you know, it, it, it's the old adage, information is the currency of democracy. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and that, that piece has been missing. I know when I first got in there, that was the first time they went to cable TV. And the Standard Times had cartoons of us live from New Bedford. <laughs> it was like that. But uh, a little bit intimidating, frankly. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you're not used to it, but uh, certainly you get used to it after a while. Um, so I, I think, you know, moving forward with, with campaigns formulating, uh, at least in some people's minds now, that issue is going to be a, a crucial issue. So, Tom, and, uh, one of the things you bring it up is that it's so important to have competitive elections. It is so important to have competitive elections, and it is so important for people to be able to communicate directly with the voters, right? That's why, you know, it doesn't matter if an issue happened if there's nobody banging away on the other side of it, quite frankly, right? You right. need competitive elections. You need people, and we've been lacking that for years, really, locally. There's a lot of people getting out of it. I don't just blame New Bedford. There's a lot of people just not choosing to run anymore. Well, you, you know, it, it's tough. It's a, there were sure, three it, open seats for school committee, or two yeah. open seats. One was a re-election, but there wasn't a. There was three candidates for three seats. It wasn't a single. There not was a competitive single, election. Right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a single. Uh, certainly, the jobs are tougher today than they were twenty-five years, thirty years ago, or even forty years ago. Uh, I think there's and, a good argument to raise the pay for the New Bedford City Council. It's it's not, as you said the other day, Tom. It's and to you, pay the school committee, right? I agree with that too. Yeah, it's not a it's if you're treating it like a part time job, you're not doing it right. Yeah, but they right. you know people have to be compensated, and no, I'm, I'm saying this, not the city councilors. They're not saying it. I'm saying it. There, there's a real argument. They told you to say it <laughs> that they've got to increase the pay. <laughs> they told you they've to got to increase the pay to 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 yeah. make it to make it worthwhile. For people that have other things going on, and maybe incentivize other people to run as well. Yeah, that's what because, I mean. Because Absolutely. there wasn't even a preliminary uh, last. Um, there wasn't even a preliminary last uh, uh, election, you know. So yeah, and the, the turnouts have been like, you know, I, I could turnouts have been guys, pathetic. Yeah, I, I could bet yeah. you guys that if I ran for a particular office, I could guarantee you that there'd be at least a forty-five percent turnout. Really? And I, oh. and I and I'd do it. By running for mayor and telling the people of New Bedford, I'm going to tax you on everything that you do. <laughs> and, and, and every single comment I make would be a tax increase just to get people riled up. That's fun. The polls. That's because very interesting, Tom. I think, it's, I, think, I think psychologically you're on to something. Well, I remember the first time I ran, uh, I came in 14th out of 28. Okay. And I was in uh, ecstatic. Uh, arenas at that time for me because I was 19 years old and I ran at large. And then the second time I ran, you know, I, I was like in the top 10. And I, I think at that point in time, it was like uh, 9,000 votes. That, no, it was 9,000 the first time, 14,000 the second time. That's how many votes I got. Wow. And I was good for 10th, 10th spot. You look at it today, I mean, it, it, that would have been unbelievable if that yeah. turned yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, I, I ran a, in a coalition with a guy named Greg Williams, who was an African-American with the American Friends Service Committee. He was right after the riots. And uh, I made the primary, and he didn't. And uh, we were trying to do a salt and pepper team, they used to call us at the time. <laughs> but uh, it, it was so much more interesting and exciting then. 
you know, and 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 the, the votes would come in, and they were done on the radio, precinct by precinct. It was done that way. The old, and the then, old, the old ways. The the block counts, right? Remember block yeah. counts? Oh yeah, they yeah. give you a little yeah. sample yeah. of the votes. Yep, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, uh, and I, I've been doing this since I was nineteen. I, I'm no longer doing it. Uh, I can't do it anymore. Right. Uh, but I, I'm interested certainly, and you guys are, are really uh, at least bring it out to the public and more notoriety that you guys are on uh, is going to be important. Maybe a little advertising, more advertising during the day or something like that about it. Uh, We're working on will, it. Yeah, people will listen to it, yeah. you know, it, it, as long as it isn't raucous and right. and one-sided, basically. So, you know, you know, we've got a formula we think we think works, um, which, which is, you know, we're, we're, we're both... Uh, I think both of us are very reasonable it's people. Cool dudes. Right? We're, We're reasonable cool guys, dudes. right? We're reasonable people. Hang out. And, and we and we have a we have a base of knowledge, you know, from our own experiences and um the other thing is we're interested in what people have to say, you know? Yeah. Um yep. I mean really, we we have plenty of time <laughs> for the callers. Um the uh 508 if you want to join the conversation. But Tom, so we you and I were going back and forth on the Trump documents, right? Cuz I right. think I think it's First of all, it is an incredible development historically. It's never happened before. And obviously, it wouldn't happen without Trump's personality, right? I mean, he's right. the one who... Look, I'm a, I supported Donald Trump in the elections, but obviously, Donald Trump brought this upon himself. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's no other way to look at this. You can, you can agree with the president politically on a whole bunch of issues that I do, but you have to acknowledge, I would say that the only reason this is happening is because of the president. He right. brought this on himself. It's arrogance. So I mean, why did arrogance. he do it? Right, but why? Because he, he's been getting away with things his entire life. Well, that's and not that a bad arrogance, point. That, that <laughs> arrogance is yeah. almost genetic in him. And, you know, he figures, well, let's take these documents with us so I need to, you know, see what these are about. You know, and, and just think that he it was okay to do that. So, know, he was playing. He wanted to be a dictator. You know, and this is from my side of the fence. Right. And that's why uh, January 6th happened. And and he was acting like a dictator. I'm just taking these documents. He never bothered to uh, declassify them. They, they're, they're even saying now there's no evidence that he attempted to do that. He's in big trouble. So I would say that you, I would say, I think you're, I think you could be right on that because I think he's very careless, which is why I'm concerned with him having the documents. Okay. Um, yep. Because... I don't think that the man is a is a, is a traitor. You know that, that he would that he would sell the. Dog. I don't think that's that's what he's going for. I would say, and then Marcus and I have had some pretty good conversations off the air about this. I would say that he has he believed he had infam he had, believes he has information in those documents that is damaging to his enemies. Okay, that and that he wanted to be he wants those documents public. You know, that that's my theory on this. Again, I have nothing to go on except his past behavior, right? That because this is very self-destructive behavior, very well, self-destructive. It, it, not only that, it's a destruction of the administrative state that exists in this country. But he doesn't and care about all that. Those people, I remember watching uh, Bannon on the Muck debate in Canada. He just came out and said it. We're out to destroy the administrative state in the, in the uh, country of the United States of America. That's where our intention is. He said it right out. I'm like, right. you got to be kidding me. This is all the Breitbart stuff and uh, all that entourage of people that promote this stuff. And that's why you hear people say, defund the FBI. People have no idea what the FBI, but they're going to find but out he what knows. the NSA is about. But they're he knows. Find out 
that they're going to find out when they start doing a digital tracking on all this stuff from the NSA because they don't mess around. But but but, but Trump knows all that. There. That's my point, Tom. Trump knows all that. Um, you know, Bannon is Bannon, but and I don't pay really paying attention to the guy. I haven't paid any attention to him for years. They never really even thought much of him, really, except that he was involved with Seinfeld. Uh, 508-996-0500. But I do think that the president, um, he's doing this for some reason. He knew it would cause a showdown. He knows the power of the federal government. He was the federal government. He knows the power of the FBI. And he knew this would happen. And it seems to me that that uh, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I don't think it's simply that he's that he's that he's ignorant of, of what would happen. I, and he, I think he's doing this for a reason. And and maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's right. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. <laughs> yeah, Amazing, we will. ain't it? We can't even find out what his income taxes are. He's under audit still, right? <laughs> well, we're gonna find that out soon, right? I I wonder. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. Because the House committee has the, him I now. I think the House committee has him. Right. Hey, Tom. Thanks for the call. Thanks we for appreciate call, it. Thank you. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go back to the phones. We got calls on the line. One more before the break. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Basically, what you got is you got two of the, two of the top guys right now are horrible. Biden, Trump, Trump. I do not. I didn't like Trump when he was in office. He's better than what's in there now, but he's not as great as these uh, people that are obsessed with and make him out to be. The very sneaky, corrupt man, as is Mr. Biden. So I don't know if we if we keep electing people like this, this stuff's just going to keep going and going and going. Yeah. Um. So who do you? Th you know what? So you, you, I've heard you nobody. Say? If you're asking yeah. me who do I think, there is nobody. We are screwed. Just, just, just give us a name. Give us somebody. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Marcus wants to say Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Nah. Too old. Too old. Um, um, too, what about Ron know. Paul? Too old. Oh. He's too old, too. Too old. <laughs> uh, how about we dig Abraham Lincoln up and put, just put him in there? I guess we're dealing with people who are too old. The, um, look, yeah, I, look the, I, the, I understand how you feel, but the reality of it is we have to select somebody. We have to select somebody. Well, it's going to come down to probably Trump. DeSantos, Biden, or some other Democrat. So and I think it's going to be very hard for Trump if he's under indictment to run for office. This is very damaging when he's under himself. Then it'll be DeSantos. I still think Trump's going to change. You know, you keep on working for them like he's a biblical figure. You know, I, no, I, I agree with you that, that he's got, he does have a, a lot of dedicated people, but I'm going to tell you something. If what has happened is what has happened. If you know, and the fact that he had these documents that um, were so sensitive, and I happen to believe that the reason they raided his his place and took them was because he's very careless with them. I was telling Marcus yeah. off the air. I think he's probably been showing things to people that they have no business knowing. And I don't mean he's doing it because of espionage or, or anything like that, but just because he has them.
right? Yeah. And he's probably got documents on the Biden family. He's probably got documents on Mitch McConnell's family. He's probably got documents on all kinds of things, because on Romney, all kinds of stuff. Remember, American citizens, if your communications are picked up overseas or in an overseas communication, they can be cataloged by the NSA. They can't do yeah. it in the United States. They're not supposed to do it in the United States. But if you're, uh, if you're on the phone in Europe, or talking to someone in Europe or China, any of that, it's all catalogable by the United States uh, Security National Security Agency. So, yeah, what did he have? Nuclear, nuclear weapons. Now, I think the nuclear. Th- like no, that? no, he doesn't have that. I don't think. I don't think that's what he has at all. He had classified documents, but of the highest order, the kind uh, that you have to read in the control room, the skiff they call it, right? He had those yeah. kind of documents. So those things, and I have a feeling, because the, the, the. The warrant indicates that they, to, to knowledgeable people, that they have a human informant who reported on the location and the activity going on with the documents. And you ever wonder if it's his wife, Malena? No, I think it's someone who understands the seriousness of the matter. Right? That's what I think. Hey, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. One more call before we go back to the. Uh before we take the break. Good oh, evening. I, I was hoping you'd take the break first. I want to ask you about your tease there at the beginning of the hour. All right, so let's um, <laughs> let's let's take the break. We'll then. take I'll, the break. I'll put you on hold. We'll put you on hold, okay. my friend. Okay. All right, thanks. So, folks, if you want to give us a call, you can 508-996-0500. And welcome back to the show. This is Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. We're, this is South Coast Tonight. Our phone number is 508-996-0500. We have a caller waiting for us. Hey. Good evening. Good evening, my friend. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, now, did I hear this wrong, Marcus, or did oh, you have a, have, a, have a slight tease there at the beginning of the hour when you said that the mayor has basically taken off the gloves because maybe he sees the light at the end of the ch- tunnel? Yeah. Yes. Does, no, no, that, does I, that mean what I think it means? Well, well so, yeah, I, I mean, listen, listen, I'm not privy to any information that anybody else isn't, right? That you could say over the radio. That I could say over the radio. Exactly. So, but here's what I'm thinking. Here's just my theory, right? The mayor... Your informed theory. My informed theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, you've, learned, you've learned from a cat. <laughs> yeah. Here's my informed theory. The mayor has been there for about 10 years. Right. He's gotten all of the things that he's wanting to, to get done. And I remember talking to people at his staff when he was thinking about deciding whether or not to run. There were certain things he wanted to get done, and that's the that's what motivated him to run again, uh, one of them being like offshore wind, right? So he had a few projects he wanted to get done. He ended up getting those done. Offshore wind's on its way, right? The school department's better. Um, uh, you know, we've got a new public safety center. Where there's a there's a bunch of things that, are, that, have, that he wanted to get done that have basically gotten done. So I think that... He's probably looking for, not looking for, but open to other avenues of of where he can make an impact as a public servant. Mm-hmm. Now we, he, you know, he said he was talking to the Biden administration. He worked as a federal prosecutor before, mm-hmm. so he is. We know he was talking. We know he's talked to other people outside. Yeah. Of, yes. And, Bedford. Yeah. Exactly. We know that, and we know that he is friends with Maura Healy, mm-hmm. the woman who's. I, I know you're not sure on this, but he, she's going to be the next governor. Right. Mm-hmm. So the woman who's going to be the next governor. Don't he, say that, Chris. Go ahead, he, he went to Harvard. <laughs> he, they went to Harvard together. They were only a year apart. Uh, they were only a year apart at Harvard. Mm-hmm. She spoke effusively about his uh, job performance as mayor when I talked to her at the mm-hmm. feast uh, uh, on the record. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, and she talked specifically about stuff like offshore wind. Given that, you know, we've got a new, you know, we've got a lot coming on the national level and the local level in offshore wind. Mm -hmm. Given that, you know, Maury Healy's got a lot of positions she's going to need to fill out mm -hmm. because it's a Republican administration. So it's not like they're just handing the books over. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, there's going to be there's going to be a house clearing. Mm -hmm. I think that Mayor Mitchell is poised to get a position in more Healy's administration. Okay, I, I, I would agree with that. Because yeah. I, I, as a former prosecutor, that's the thing he always talks about himself, so you would think he would be doing something in that area in the administration. Well, well, not necessarily a former uh, as a former prosecutor, because now he's a, he's been a mayor. I Probably longer than he's been a prosecutor at I, this I point. Can, I can also but, say this, Carla, yeah. that go back a couple of months to when people were getting ready to run for statewide office. Yeah. Um, he admitted to um, on the radio, you know, when I say admitted, I mean, he, he, he accepted the fact that he had looked at the delegates and how the delegate process early on, right? Mm -hmm. That you had to get so many delegates to get on the, on the ballot. Mm -hmm. He knew all about that. Okay. Yeah. And I don't mean he knew about, it. I mean, he, he, he was taking a look at it. Okay. So, and, the, and the, he, he did, he did acknowledge that he'd been getting calls. And I know he had been yeah. from people asking him to run for statewide office. Mm -hmm. And, and there, he, he certainly has the resume and the, and the qualifications to do it. Mm -hmm. So, the fact that he at least entertained it, right, that he entertained it, I think indicates that he's open to it, as Marcus is indicating. Well, again, as he always introduces himself as a former prosecutor, I think yes. that's the accomplishment before mayor that he's most, most you know, happy about. Well, being, a, being an assistant U.S. attorney is a, yeah, a yeah. big deal. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I wondered why he didn't run for attorney general. So did we. Yeah, so did we, and I think he thought about it. Um, the candidates I see. Well, we, I don't now, actually. I know he thought about it. Yeah, we know. He, yeah, I know he did. Candidates I see up there now, except for Shannon Liss Gordon, is it? Okay, uh, Reardon. Liss Reardon. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, to me, they don't have any bigger name than him being mayor of a major. Uh, well, city. Campbell, 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 I would say does because she's a city council, city council in, Boston. in Boston, and the vote count in Boston's enormous. Boston's yeah, I literally, understand that. I Boston's understand literally that. seven times the size and population than New Bedford. But again, he could have ran, I believe, and still not lost his position as mayor. Here. Yes, yes. Okay. He had nothing to lose so by he, running. He could have tipped his his toe in the water and just see how he would make out. I don't think uh, you know he lacks anything that some of these people. Uh, have that are running for attorney general now. I agree with you. Blim no, and I, I think, I think he, he would actually, have been more qualified. I think he could have. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually could have found a triangulation in that race. Look, no. let me just add another thing in there. We also know, and, and, and Marcus, I think you might have broken the news here. Um, you've certainly talked about it. That Bill Keating is not staying forever. Yeah, actually, he said that on my show before he said it anywhere else. Right. He well, said that I'm not going to be. He goes because we were talking about redistricting. He said I'm not going to be here for ten, the next ten years. I'm not even going yeah. to be here. For the majority of the next yeah. 10 years, which means yeah. he's doing one or two more terms. But, Mr. McCarthy, yes. I always thought if that happened, you would be the first one to go get Mr. Kennedy and have him get back into Congress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You know, you know what, what's funny about that is that there are a lot of moving parts. There mm -hmm. are a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. The other one I think we have to consider is that um, it's no slight on Senator Warren. I'm not a fan, but... But she's getting older. She says she's going to run for re-election. She's committed to it. She's committed to running for re-election. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's not she getting any it, younger. She None just of us said are. it like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She said, I'm running for re-election. Right. Yeah. But, but to, to, the, to the question will of... Will she win? I don't well, know. She has she's been an absentee senator, basically. Well, to the question of... What yeah, she gonna, she'll, she'll win. Was she going to run for president? Yeah. Right? No, yeah, she's not going to run She's not going to run for president. No, no, my she my, my point being is that... And you look at Ed Markey, right? He's getting older. I mean, we're all getting older, obviously. Markey at some point... 
Marky's going to run again as well. He's right. going to run again. And I've already heard that from I've already heard that from people who know. But, how old will he be? How old will he but, be? But, how old will he be? I mean, the point of the matter is, Chuck the, Grassley's running for re-election at 88 because he physically can. In other yeah. words, in other words, well, things can saying, happen. Yeah, yeah, things can happen, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Things can happen. And John Mitchell's positioned right now. You, you know, who physical cannon is Diane Feinstein. Right there you go. <laughs> well, so, as I see with Mr. Marky, he he is. Um, to me, a nice guy, okay? Yep. But as far as bringing home the bacon, both of those senators, what have they done for people, the city of Massachusetts? The problem is people don't think about it that way. That's the problem. They never they thought about that with Ted Kennedy? No. No. Oh, I mean, okay. Okay. Do you... They did think about it that way. They did. Yeah. People don't think about nowadays. It's all about it's all about the culture within the Democrat primary. It's it's the culture wars. Yeah, and Ed Markey amazingly was able to reinvent Just himself. Such as a generation wise. Democrats in Massachusetts did not want to see another Kennedy uh, get higher up on the national stage. All right, I believe even uh, DeLeo, I believe his name was, the uh, the man who was... Bob DeLeo. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't support, you know, Kennedy. I, I think there was a, you know, a, a sort of uh, agreement among all the Democrats that we don't want another Kennedy running that's, for Massachusetts. That, I, that, Nancy Pelosi came down to endorse him. I, I don't think that's true. But, you know, one, but oh, I, th I think within the, within the well, locals... Nancy Pelosi, though, but she's right. not in Massachusetts. Oh, you're talking about in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, yeah Massachusetts. I, I agree with the caller that... that oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Massachusetts Democrats said if we elect a Kennedy, that's it for the rest of us. There'll be no more opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I, I do true. think that's a piece of the piece of the puzzle. Because yep. again, what who's the other one that you guys want to run? The the bald lady. Um Oh, I know from the, yeah. Boston. Yeah. Come on, I, Ayanna Presley? Yeah, 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 isn't yeah, she yeah. thinking about being the next US Senator? <laughs> Come on, you yeah, wouldn't want yeah, her as a senator? Um Chris, uh, yeah. I, I I gotta ask you a question sure. before I, I lose my time because I imagine you get other callers too. Yes, we do. Uh how can you, as a Republican, let go the idea that we, we're going to have a, a, a government here in Massachusetts that the three most important parts of it will be run by Democrats? It's, it'll be great for talk radio. Well, again... <laughs> it'll be great. Remember Jerry Williams? Remember, he made a career out of it. I don't know if you can remember Ed King. I do I remember Ed King, He's sure. Republican, right? Yeah. No, I Democrat. Think the argument that you have to have somebody in that office up there, no matter how popular Maura Healy is or whatever, right. okay, the Republicans should say, keep your dough with Doty, okay, and really come out to say, we don't want to have a government that's going to be controlled by the Democratic Party completely. So I think so you'll see Chris Doty, Doty do that. I think that'll be I think that'll be Doty's message. I think that'll be when Baker in the final closing days will come in. In the closing days, Baker will come in. Crash and burn. And um, and, and try to make that, uh, that, that closing argument for him. But, you know, every once in a while, you need to teep, t show people how bad it can be. Well, right. I, I just think, though, you know, it would be foolish to let the dumb... I've got nothing personally against Maura Healy, but... You know, uh, to keep some sort of, uh, you know, uh, balance in that uh, state government, I think you need a Republican. And I think if Doty pushed that, he could probably give her a go. I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. I just don't think he has a chance. I don't think I think he has a better chance than Jeff Deal does, but I, I just I do not think he has a chance. So, I, I really don't. Well, so there's a, so there's a, Democratic. There's a reason. It doesn't matter. I, it well, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Charlie Baker versus Moore well, Healy. I think would have won. Help. Yeah, Charlie. So 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 <laughs> the thing is, what 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 you're saying, caller, is that yeah. that. The, and the reason I, I agree with it, possibly because the the reason that Baker um, 
Dave Baker didn't run. The reason Healy decided to wait was to wait to see if Baker was going to run because yes, yeah, she knew that Baker probable. would get reelected. Yes. Yeah, Baker would have won. Baker would have got reelected. Yes, he would have. But 100%. the problem is Charlie Baker has had years to build up his name ID. Chris Doty's a brand new candidate. Charlie what, Baker. What if, what if Baker puts his arm around him and says, "This is my man"? It's got a limited appeal. It's it, it only you. you it's votes don't transfer, well, and and Baker had to lose before he won. I, I think, think that's important I to remember. I think putting into office a, a total uh, Democratic slate isn't healthy for Massachusetts. Tell your neighbors. <laughs> Tell your neighbors. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate okay, it. Thanks for calling, my friend. Have a good. Have a nice I, weekend. I, you know, me. I'm a Democrat, or I'm uh, at least a, a left person. So I personally that that whole like there needs to be a balance thing. It doesn't. Well, I don't know. It doesn't. It's worked with in me. the past as a message in Massachusetts, but the problem is, is that a somebody never loses to a nobody. And I'm not <laughs> insulting Chris Doty by saying that politically, he's a nobody. Politically, he's a nobody. Charlie Baker politically was a somebody, and again, he had to lose before he won. Right. Right. So, so the it's a good argument, but but it's 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 very difficult to close on that argument if you have zero name recognition or not zero but very low name recognition i mean yeah. healy healy is not an unknown entity she's not someone that scares people no she's, she's not. not she's not now you, you're going to hear Doty make that argument and he's going to do his best and we'll see if it works it's the only argument he has really quite yeah. frankly right yeah, I just don't think it resonates enough. I think more Healy, more Healy's just got so much name ID. You know what's important. You know what's important to remember. Everybody in the Commonwealth has had an opportunity to vote for more Healy That's twice my point. already. Right, right. It's just, it's just it, like listen. I think Chris Doty presents a really nice uh, candidacy. I think he, I think his campaign messaging is very good. I just don't know if it's enough. But guess what? Guess the, what? The runway is very short. But That's guess, the problem. But guess what? what? Chris Doty's going to be here, so we can talk yeah, about this with him. When's he coming? He's going to be here. Uh, I don't know yet. Yeah, but he will be <laughs> I here. Reached out. He will be here. They request. He 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 asked to come on. Actually, right. He will be here. We'll be able to talk to him, and you'll be able to talk to him. Five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's up? I I just had to call in. Uh, I've been listening to you guys almost since the show started, okay. and I heard I heard Tom Kennedy call in. I I like Tom; he's a very articulate speaker. I don't agree with most of what he has to say, but I do like him. Yeah, he's a good guy. And in the first hour, I believe it was, I was out in my car. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard Tom say the probable cause against the former president was a low bar. And I'm hoping, Marcus, I know you're a lawyer, or Chris, feel free to jump in. Uh, can you explain to me why that is a low bar? It's a lower bar than it's a lower bar than obviously a conviction because yes. because conviction is a proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Probable cause is essentially more likely than not to get a warrant. To get a warrant. Right. So basically, they, they don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. They just have to say more likely than not. This is going on more likely than not. The evidence of this is here, so it is a lower bar, a much lower bar than proof beyond a reasonable doubt. But, but by the same token, do you believe that? I, I guess what I'm questioning is why they couldn't ask the former president. Look, we we feel we have something we got to get. Why can't you give it to us? I think they did. Their, their position was that they did. I, I mean, think Mer they did. Merrick Garland outright, almost outright, said that. That that that's why I'm so fascinated by this really mm -hmm. is that there's no doubt in my mind that president trump understood what was going to happen and he pushed him i don't get it why he did it i have a theory but the the president clearly understood that they had the power to come get those documents 
and um, and that they knew they existed. They had they, it was a month. Look, he he handed over a lot of documents months ago, so there was no doubt that there was a conversation going on. And I can't tell you why they raided now, but there was that conversation going on. But something it, it doesn't make sense to me. Except he wanted the showdown. I, I'm just very perplexed over why the, I want to say, 250 years of our republic, this is the first president in the history of our country. I agree with you. Ever, has it ever had an invasion of his private home? Which which I tell you is why it's so fascinating, right? Yeah. I mean, it's this is an amazing, and I'm a Trump supporter, but it's an amazing situation. Why did they have to do this? I don't. I mean, look, everybody on both sides understood the ramifications here. Everyone did. And we're talking about very serious people, whether you like them or not. These aren't stupid people. They all have very smart advisors. They're all very experienced. So it doesn't make any sense to me, Carla. I hear. Have a a good weekend. Have a nice call. Appreciate it. We're going to take this break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So, (laughs) I was just thinking, all right, so Eric Wesser is chair of the Gateway Cities Caucus, right? Right. Springfield, because he lives in Longmeadow. Longmeadow is a suburb of Springfield. Yes. Springfield, in my opinion, is not a gateway city. It's a gateway to New York. (laughs) Yeah. Gateway to Albany. So, so gateway cities are typically old mill towns that have been hollowed out by whatever. the They had rifles. Hmm? They used to make rifles there. They did. That was their manufacturing base. They did. They, so they've got like 150,000 people. I feel like if you, and then Worcester's can technically considered a gateway city, which it's absolutely not. It's bigger than Providence, right? right. So if you're bigger than a capital city, the nearest capital city to you, I don't consider you to be a gateway city. New Bedford, Brockton, Fall River. Oh, so I, mean, I understand what you're saying now. Springfield is an enormous Barnstable is more of a gateway city than, 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 um, Barnstable's more of a gateway city I think, than Springfield. I think, I think that's true, right? Yeah, I, I just don't see... So, so I mean, and I, again, I like Eric Lesser, but, you know, I, him being the senator from Longmeadow, which is part of has parts of Springfield in it, I just don't... And I'm sure he's led the caucus well, but I just don't think Springfield's a gateway city. So, was there, wasn't there a big focus to build a coalition to expand transportation funding? Wasn't that really the gateway yeah. city's whole, whole deal? Yeah, and I think actually he has worked on that big uh, time and accomplished it. I know, and I know uh, Adam Hines, who I had on the show too, he came down from Pittsfield and stopped on the show, which was incredible. He has, a, yeah. he has an appropriately named city. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but they wanted an east-west rail. Right. Yeah. So, so um, and he's using that now in a commercial, which, which look, anytime you can get a commuter rail, we know what it's like to, to fight for that for you, years. Um, it's a I'd big like to, development. I'd like to go to the Berkshires. I don't want to drive. It's a terrible drive. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, used, I went to school in Western Mass, and it's a, it's a I long used to drive to Amherst. Yeah. yeah, I used to drive to Amherst a lot, and uh, it was it was crappy. I remember it's a long drive. You, yeah, and you have to go through all these crappy back roads. I remember as soon as you, once you get into Belchertown, you're like, yes, we're almost there. McCarthy's Pub. Really? McCarthy's yeah. Pub, right there in Belchertown. The, um, in fact, I have a sweatshirt that a kid got me because his aunt was the bartender at McCarthy's oh, Pub. Oh, cool. So I said to him, when he wanted a day off. I was a manager at a sales company, and I said... You going to Western Mass? He goes, yeah. I go, if you bring me back a sweatshirt from McCarthy's Pub, I'll give you the day off. And um, he, he did. did it. He did, yeah. yeah. And um, so I have that sweatshirt. But anyway, the um, look, I think Lesser's making a good run. And he's actually up on TV now. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Kim Driscoll's going to be here, I believe, on the 24th. 
Tammy Gavea is oh Tammy Gavea is going to be here on the twenty fourth. Uh, uh, Eric Lesser is going to be here later in the month. I think maybe on the twenty second. So Lesser is running a great ad. He's got Obama in it. Okay. Yeah. And again, you know, I I mean, I I'm not a a big Obama supporter, but I recognize he's got a lot of draw in the Democrat Party. Mm. And he's he, the most popular living Democrat. Right. Yeah. So he. Um, it makes a lot of sense to have him in your ads, and, and Lester's doing that. Kim Driscoll's interesting because she has a super PAC, so the fact that yeah. she's not up on television yet is a little bit interesting. Yeah. Now, maybe that's because she doesn't feel she needs to be, and she's saving her money for the for the general, but I don't think that's a good strategy. I think you, if you don't win the primary, it doesn't matter how much right. money you have for the general election. Yeah. And I think there'll be plenty of money for Democrats in the general. Uh, you just want that nomination. Um, so that'll be uh, yeah. So actually, so on the twenty fourth, uh, Kim Driscoll's coming in. The twenty fifth, Tammy Gavea, the rep from Acton, is coming in. Um, so uh, that's something to look out for. That will be. That'll be fun. And uh, and I believe Eric Lesser. We're looking to schedule some time with Eric Lesser too. So we're going to have all those candidates in. Also, um, the candidates on the Republican side too. So. And, and folks, we we are trying our best to to get them to physically come into the station. We think well, it's better radio. Well, by doing that, we're 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 mandating it right, actually. Yeah, right. we, we have a directive to do right, that. Right. And so we're bringing him into the area, you know? So what happened was the mayor called us out. <laughs> right. And then, uh, so after the mayor called us out, we got a directive saying, well, you know, since <laughs> yeah. the, he did. And I'm actually, it's it's been a much better interview experience. Hey, listen, we got to take this break. We'll be right back. Station. So welcome back to South Coast just, tonight. And just like that, it's over. Yep, it's over. So a lot of good good lineup here this weekend. We get to Jess Machado will be in. Jess Machado will be in at 12 because Ken's out. So she's right. filling in for Ken. Then Paul Santos. Should have been at 9. Uh, so, I mean, she'll be in at 9. Right. Sorry. And then Jose in case she's Ma listening. And then, Ho yeah, she'll be in at 9. Then Jose Matos at, at 12. And then Paul Santos from 1 to 4 in the slot formerly held by me. Right. You're now, welcome. Now Jess Machado. You're show. welcome. Now Jess Machado. Show. So I think, I think be she's good. doing a great job. Nice actually. weekend. Really yeah. nice weekend. I think it's a good weekend programming. Jim, uh, Jim Phillips on Town Square Sunday. I like listening to, I love that it's on 11 now. I like listening to it in like a Sunday drive. It's really good. Right. And so uh, a lot of great programming. And then we'll be back on Monday. Monday. Right. And right around the corner. It's going to be probably the best show you've ever heard in your life. Have a nice weekend. Have a nice weekend. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you Monday.